Hi, this is Dr. Gwen Morse. It is September 2nd, 2011, um, about four o'clock in the afternoon here on a sunny afternoon in Santa Barbara. Um, the first one I wanted, the first report I'm going to talk about today, I thought was kind of fun because I have talked a couple of times about how bad potatoes are for you. Well, you know, if you live long enough, everything turns around. So this one is entitled, Potatoes Can Reduce Blood Pressure. And it starts out with just a couple of servings of potatoes a day can reduce blood pressure in obese or overweight people with high blood pressure, calling into question the lowly spud's current reputation as a fattening, unhealthy food, according to new research presented at a conference in Denver. The potato, more than perhaps any other vegetable, has an undeserved bad reputation that has led many health-conscious people to ban them from their diet, said the um, lead investigator. And this is research that was presented at the 242nd National Meeting and Exposition of the American Chemical Society. But before you go out and order french fries, because obviously that's the, the best, the most fun way to eat potatoes, the preferred way of eating them um, is that it is to eat it with, eat, I'm sorry, is to choose purple potatoes cooked in the microwave oven with no oil or fat whatsoever. And the PI, the principal investigator, had said that when you mention potato, what generally comes to mind is fattening, high carbs, empty calories. But that's because of the way the vegetable is usually prepared. In reality, when prepared without frying and served without butter, margarine, or sour cream, one potato only has 110 calories and dozens of healthful phytochemicals and vitamins. Interesting, huh? For their study, um, they, they first, they, what they did before and after, they took tests of blood and urine of a group of healthy participants who ate either six to eight small purple potatoes cooked in a microwave oven or the equivalent amount of starch in the form of biscuits. The results showed that the antioxidant capacity of their blood and urine was increased by the potatoes and lowered by the biscuits. Then they recruited 18 mostly overweight and obese patients with high blood pressure, with the, an average BMI was 29, and anything over 25 is considered obese, and invited them to take part in a crossover study. For four weeks, they ate either six to eight purple potatoes twice a day or no potatoes in their normal diet and then crossed over to the other regimen for another four weeks. The potatoes were each about the size of a golf ball and eaten with skins on. They found that eating potatoes was not accompanied by changes in body weight, blood fats, which are lipids, or glucose levels, HbA1c, but resulted in lower blood pressure, the diastolic, which is the lower reading of a blood pressure. Um, such as 120 over 80, went down by a significant 4.3% and systolic by 3.5%. The blood pressure went down in spite of the fact 14 of the 18 participants were also on blood pressure medication. The researchers concluded that purple potatoes are an effective agent for lowering blood pressure and thereby lowering the risk of heart disease and stroke in patients with high blood pressure. Although the participants in the study ate purple potatoes, which, can, which does contain high amounts of antioxidants, such as phenolic acids, arthrocyanins, and carotenoids, the colleagues and the PI believe that red skin and white potatoes would confer similar benefits, and they're planning a study to look at that.
Um, the, the investigator also said that potatoes can't contain other phytochemicals in similar amounts as found in broccoli, spinach, and Brussels sprouts, and that these also might be a way to lower blood pressure. But deep frying potatoes um, subjects them to such high temperatures that it seems to destroy healthy chemicals, leaving the consumer with only starch, fat, and minerals, you know, such as uh, in French frying. And that microwaving raw potatoes seems the best way to preserve the antioxidants. Huh. Now, this one is something uh, that I, I think I just want to, excuse me, I don't know why I'm, I'm yawning, so please forgive me. Um, <laughs> uh, afternoon slump, I think. I think I need a potato. <laughs> um, is something that, you know, just, I don't think we can ever stress enough, and that's about getting your healthcare workers to wash their hands. So a new study has a message for doctors and nurses who fail to wash their hands. Don't think about yourself. Think about your patients. Getting healthcare professionals to comply with notices to wash their hands before and after dealing with patients has been something of a thorn in the side of many hospitals. Although this simple measure limits the spread of sickness and could potentially reduce the nation's hospital healthcare bill by billions of dollars, many doctors and nurses simply ignore it. And trust me, I, I know that's that's a case. And some I felt it's because, you know, we're so busy and we just don't see it. It's not something that you, if you don't see it, you don't wash it. Compliance rates for hand washing in American hospitals are only around 40%. And years of awareness programs urging doctors to wash up or use disinfectant gels have had little effect. Part of the problem, according to... An upcoming, a forthcoming study in the journal Psychological Science are the actual science posted in hospital washrooms, urging healthcare workers to wash up. Changing the message from wash your hands to protect yourself to wash your hands to protect your patients, the study found could motivate some doctors and nurses to wash their hands more frequently. There's this perception among healthcare providers that I'm around sick people all the time and I don't get sick very often, so my immune system is very strong. Um, and that he, this is Dr. Uh, David Hoffman, who is the author of the study and a professor of organizational behavior at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. But if you go back to the Hippocratic Oath that all doctors adhere to, it's first, do no harm. So if you have a sign that says, hey, look, here's a really vulnerable person you're about to walk in and see, then maybe a sign focused on that person will cue this larger core value in the physician to protect the patient, which is an interesting concept. And to find out, um, the, the investigator and, and the co-author took baseline measurements of the amount of soap and disinfectant caregivers used in a large Carolina hospital. Then they, North Carolina hospital, then they measured the change in soap use when they put up different signs by the dispensers. One side, one side read, hand hygiene prevents you from catching diseases. Another read, hand hygiene prevents patients from catching diseases. And a third sign, which served as control, had a, gemer had a generic message, gel in, wash out. The patient focus sign produced a 33% increase in the amount of soap and disinfectant per dispenser over a two-week period. In the second phase of the study, trained observers recorded how often doctors and nurses physically wash or disinfected their hands. The sign urging doctors to think about patients produced a roughly 10% spike in hand washing compliance, a jump that was small but statistically significant. We think it's proof that this identifies a vulnerable person 
and therefore cues more responsibility on the healthcare worker to protect that patient, and that signs focused on vulnerable patients seems to have a stronger effect, and they encourage hospitals to adopt that, this kind of approach. Some experts caution that while any increase in hand washing rates can go a long way, the causes of low compli compliance are complex and varied. Um, in a 2009 report from the Joint Commission, which regulates hospitals, a group that accredits more than 19,000 hospitals, nursing homes, and other health care providers found that the reasons for skipping soap varied from hospital to hospital and even from unit to unit on a single floor. Some doctors said their hands were usually too full when they walked into a patient's room. Others complained that too much soap dried out their hands or said the placement of sinks and gels was inconvenient. Still, the data also showed that when hand hygiene compliance in a hospital went up, patient infection rates went down, and that discussing the source of patient harm with doctors was an effective way to persuade caregivers to wash up more frequently. Simply changing the signs of simply changing the messages of signs urging hand washing is unlikely to eradicate the problem, but you know it might make a step in the right direction. Um, you know, with the whole idea of creating an environment that's focused on patient safety is a good way of thinking about it. My personal view is it's probably novel, and that's you know people saw it um, and caused them to rethink. It's almost like a cognitive reframing of, of an issue. I'm not sure it would have long-term lasting effect. Um, we've tried you know different uh, things where we've had you know where the you put your hands under a light and it shows a bacteria or you know dirt. So I don't know. I don't know. My personal bias is I think that we need the patients to say, did you wash your hands? We need to put the sinks near the patients and we see, we have to say, I want to see you wash your hands. I would put the, 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 um, the control in the patient, not in the healthcare worker. Anyway, that's all for today. This is Dr. Gwen. I wish you a wonderful Labor Day for those of you in America and um, have a great weekend and take good care. Stay healthy. Bye now.